what a wild weekend of football. Uh, I'm actually quite glad we did not make any official picks last week because, oh boy, oh boy, would we have been wrong. Uh, welcome back to another episode of Booth Review. As always, I am your host, Devin Primrose, joined by that Sultan of Spice himself, Mr. Peter Strauss. What's going on, good buddy? Yeah, it was a weird couple weeks of football, and I'm glad yeah. uh, week 13 was one of the worst weeks of football, like for me personally, because it was not only obviously a Chiefs loss to the Packers, but then also uh, my work thing I got eliminated from because the Jags lost. Um, I think I got eliminated from the playoffs in two of my three fantasy leagues. So mm-hmm. it was like all that just piled itself on each other. So I was like, yeah, we could take a week to not talk about football. That's fine. Yeah, I just got eliminated in uh, our fantasy league last night from playoff contention because of one DeAndre Hopkins for the Tennessee Titans, who decided to just have a phenomenal fourth quarter out of nowhere. Um, Decided to screw me over, but it is what it is. It happens. I somehow managed to make make the playoffs in the deep keeper league, which I have like a some semblance of a team. That's it. Uh managed to take them to the playoffs. So I'll take it. I thought there was a chance that like the Giants Packers game like could be a trap game because like the Packers were riding so high like it had to fall eventually. Yeah. And I was like I was going into this week thinking that and maybe it was just my vengeful thoughts from, you know, losing to them the week before. But <laughs> I was like, there is a chance the Giants win that game. I never would have guessed Tennessee over Miami. Never in a million years would I have guessed that. Even with their injuries. Me neither. Never I would mean, have guessed that. I've got to say, I one, so one, I, I know there's been a lot of talk in the media from these old heads about not liking the two Monday Night Football games going on simultaneously. I personally really like it. I enjoy it. Uh, I th- I think being able to showcase more games is a good thing. And yeah, you do have to kind of split your viewing and you know pay attention to the game you want to pay attention to, whatever. But I don't know. I I'm a fan of it. I'm here for it. I wish it happened every week instead of just you know one every here every now and then. Um, and maybe that's what they're testing out is eventually getting to that. But I gotta say, last night. Pretty dang good football as far as like from a viewing standpoint. I think I think the actual game itself between the Giants and Packers, the actual football itself wasn't necessarily great play, but it was fun to follow because of the back and forth nature of the game, um, as well as what was happening in the Tennessee Miami game. So I'm here for it. Yeah, Tommy DeVito looking insane out there. Oh, Tommy Cutlets. The of, yeah, I gave him best of the booth a few weeks ago, so I didn't go with him today. But you, you got to shout out what what he's doing over there with that, like for sure. How he's? I think that's their third win in a row, or something like that. Yep. 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 With, I mean, a win over the Packers with how the Packers looked the last two weeks going into this game. Like, I mean, it's a big win for them for sure. Like, yeah, I mean, so like. We did power rankings in the Discord community. Shout out to that. If you're not in the Discord, hop in. Uh, the link should be in the description of the episode. Uh, but for like we do 
supposed to be doing all season, which we have slacked severely this year. Uh, but we do community power rankings. And this past week, somehow the Packers managed to get into our our top ten. I mean, and it's hard to argue with that coming off of back to back wins over the Chiefs and the Lions, uh, two top tier teams. And you would think that the Giants should be a pretty easy opponent, and uh, everything just kind of looked off for for the Packers. Defensively, they definitely struggled slowing down. Um, slowing down, it's weird because I don't think Saquon really beat them on the ground, but Tommy DeVito definitely did with his legs. It was, it was the the fear of Saquon getting the run game going yeah. that I think really opened Tommy DeVito to and, and they weren't able to get the consistent pressure on DeVito that you know they were able to get on Goff and Mahomes in the last two games and which is it's it's odd because DeVito went into this game as one of the most sacked quarterbacks over the last couple of weeks and I don't think Green Bay got a single one on him um, there was one time that I think it counted as a tackle for a loss instead of a sack because um, he was already like taking off running. Um, but yeah, defensively, for whatever reason, they couldn't slow down the Giants' offense at all. And offensively, my goodness, they couldn't do it. Like everything just felt off. Nothing felt, nothing felt like it was coming easy. Like it, like it looked the last couple of games. Um, where Jordan Love just looks comfortable and in control. He did not look that way uh, last night, and everything was just a little bit off. And I don't think that's necessarily like him regressing to what we saw the first four or five weeks of the season. I think it's more just these are going to be growing pains, like you're going to get games like this occasionally as he continues to develop as a quarterback and build chemistry with no veteran presence out there. I mean, Ro- Romeo Dobbs is the veteran on that team, and he's in his second year. That's that's your veteran wide receiver. And and I'll say this: I don't think there is a a true one on that team. I think those wide receivers are probably twos and threes on most teams. Yeah. So even even Christian Watson, Christian Watson has done nothing to show me that he is like a legit one, and he wasn't on the field last night. So, um. Yeah, I, I just think that they're that they're missing that big dynamic wide receiver that you can rely on in big moments. Um and you have a lot of guys that are talented but not that elite superstar talent level. Yeah, and uh pretty much every team has to figure out who their who their stars are if they haven't already because Yeah, it's not it's rates. not a it's not Kadarius Tony, I can tell you that. It is definitely not Kadarius Tony. <laughs> Uh, or Jawan Taylor. Listen, every, every, like, cause the chiefs have lost four, four games now, right? Is it four or five? I can't even remember. We've lost too many games now. And at this point, it's like, I think about putting them under review. It's like, no, because this is now what I expect from Kadarius Tony. This is now what I expect from our play calling. This is now what I expect from Jawan Taylor. And it's it would be like putting Brandon Staley under review every week. Like, right? I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, the playoff race in uh, both AFC and NFC still pretty wide open. I mean, uh, very wide open. I all think... the way down to the 13th seed in the NFC, 
they're only one game back. That's yeah. the Chicago Bears. Yep. Um, and in the AFC, there's uh, what is it? Six teams tied at seven and six for the sixth seed. Yeah, a ridiculous amount of teams. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I think we've somehow it's worked out to where. I still feel like there's a pretty clear separation between, like, hmm, the Niners, Eagles, Cowboys, and the NFC, and the rest of the NFC. And then the AFC, like, man. Even the Eagles now, after the last few weeks, which we'll we'll get to. Let's say, like, in the AFC, you have the Ravens, and that's, like... It and there's like a pretty clear separation between them and the rest, but even then, I don't think it's a huge separation. I just think that you can say they are definitively better than these other teams. The Ravens have just made like the Ravens are also very mistake prone, like the rest of the top teams have been. Um, they just haven't done it as much, or they've been able to pull out the win despite making those mistakes, whereas. Definitely. Uh, you know, the Dolphins have dropped a few to good teams. The Jags have had a weird couple weeks. Yeah, um, that's for sure. Losing to bad, or not bad quarterbacks. Joe Flacco's elite, but. The Chiefs, uh, and, the Chiefs and, and Jane Bills. Crowning is apparently too. Hey, maybe, maybe. Well, who who do you have as your best of the booth this week? My best of the booth so, full disclosure, I did not get a chance to watch a ton of football this week. I drove home from Florida most of the day on Sunday. I watched the second half of the Chiefs game, that heartbreak, and then uh, <laughs> uh, didn't really get to watch much last night either. But going back, watching highlights, looking at stats, you got to give a shout out to, I think, really their first big win of the year. And I'm just going to give it to the Bears as a whole. Mm. The Bears coming out bullying the division leader in the Detroit Lions 28 to 13. Uh Justin Fields almost 300 or like 275 total yards, 223 in the air, 58 on the ground, two total touchdowns, uh no turnovers for him, which I feel like is pretty big. Um yeah. But that defense, Shaquan Brisker had like 17 total tackles, 13 of them by himself, which I think is a pretty big number for one guy to get on his own. Um, They also had four total sacks, including Justin Jones getting one and a half of those, five total tackles for loss, uh, seven pass deflections, and nine QB hits, four of those from Montez Sweat, who, you know, we were wondering why the commanders traded, but, I mean, he's making an impact on that defense already. For sure. Chicago, so yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a that's a solid choice. And honestly, uh, I'm just gonna we're gonna get a little weird with this because I'm gonna combine it with my under review because my under review is Jared Goff, uh, the quarterback for the the Detroit Lions who just lost to the Bears. Um, I don't know what it is about this Chicago team, but it's been Jared Goff's kryptonite this year. They've played twice, um, as you do with divisional opponents, and in those two games. He has gone 43 of 70, which is just over 61%, so not great. 395 yards, three touchdowns, 
five picks, five interceptions in those two games combined. He has 10 on the season. So literally half of his interceptions this season came against Chicago. A Chicago Bears defense that Jordan Love played and looked like an elite quarterback. I don't, I mean, I don't know what, what it is about Chicago that gives him trouble. His two lowest passer ratings of the year came against the Chicago Bears defense. Um, so whatever Chicago is doing against the Detroit Lions offense, which we have all universally pretty much across the sports media as you know, you know, universe have all universally agreed that what Detroit's doing on offense is top tier, like top five level offense in Detroit. Um, Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator, is probably going to get a head coaching um, opportunity after this year because of how many vacancies there'll be. Uh, and I don't, I don't know what Chicago has figured out, but I mean they they're slowing down that offense. That offense can't do anything. Um. So, yeah, uh, Jared Goff, you've got to be better in games like this, man. Like this is a team that that we expect to do big things this year. At least, at least win the division. At least go go. You know, make the playoffs. Maybe they make a deep run. Who knows? But at least, at least win the division and make the playoffs. And you're you're slowing your team down down the stretch. I mean, there, there's four games left and. Green Bay is only two games back. The Minnesota Vikings are only two game or one game back. Like they could very easily lose this division because of Jared Goff's play against bad teams. You can't play like that against the Chicago Bears and expect to to go out and win a division. Yeah, especially look at the rest of Detroit's schedule here. I wouldn't exactly with how these teams have been playing. The Bears are the. Lions still have the Broncos, who have been playing well. Yep. Uh, the Vikings twice, which are streaky, hit or miss at this point, but yeah. are desperately fighting for a playoff spot. They need quarterback play, but yeah. And then, and then at Dallas, who That's at this loss. point at That's this point at home, yeah, might be uh, might be a problem. So, I yeah, think so, that was so they have a guaranteed a loss on that schedule. Yeah, and. That means they can't afford to lose any of the other three, and I think I think they might lose one of them. They could potentially lose um, to the Broncos or yeah, one of the Vikings. Right, playing so, the Vikings twice in three weeks—that's hard to do with any team, right? So, which I think the I want to say, well, no, I was going to say I think the Packers do the same thing, but no, they played them earlier. Um, so basically. What we are both saying is the Lions are probably going to go two and two over the last four, which would mean they end at ten and seven. The Packers schedule is Bucks at Carolina, uh Vikings, and then Bears. And that's a that's a that's a pretty easy schedule. The Packers could go 4-0 over that stretch. Probably won't, but could. And if they do, they end at 10-7. and And I don't know who has the, the tiebreaker between them and, and the Lions, but I know that they split the series, so it'll go to whatever the next tiebreaker is. You're going to lose the division in the final four weeks to a team that started 2-5, and or whatever it was, 2-6? and Come on. Like, you got to be better than that. Yeah. 
Yeah, but shout out to uh, you're. I know you're putting one under review. I'm putting one best of the booth. Right. Best yeah. The fields yeah. and the bears get it done. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for my best of the booth, which again we're doing this all wonky um, because <laughs> we didn't communicate beforehand like we should have. Uh, but my best of the booth, I've got to shout out Joe Flacco. Man, like Joe Flacco had himself a day against a good Jacksonville defense that has been streaky. I don't know what's going on in Jacksonville, and, and I almost put Trevor Lawrence under review um, because his play over the last couple of weeks has been subpar, and his play again on Sunday. Granted, they were facing a, a good Cleveland defense. I don't know, man. I... I'll say this, and maybe this is a little bit of a hot take, but I'm at a point with Trevor Lawrence that I don't know if I can definitively say he's better than Justin Fields. And you know how I feel about Justin Fields, which I'm 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 warming up to him, so <laughs> I'll put that out there. But I don't know if I can definitively say that Trevor Lawrence is the better quarterback from that draft class. Um, But anyways, going back to Joe Flacco, the dude is like pushing 40 years old, coming off the streets uh, to come play for for this Cleveland Browns team. Crazy thing is anybody else in the league could have gone and picked him up. The Vikings probably would love to have this version of Flacco. The New York Jets would absolutely love to have this version of Flacco with the way those two teams' seasons have gone with their quarterbacks going down. And Cleveland just keeps on chugging along, keeps on picking up wins because they have an elite defense. And now they have competent quarterback play from the elite Joe Flacco. Uh, on Sunday, went 26-45 for 311 yards, three touchdowns, and one pick. I would be remiss if I didn't include the tight end David Njoku, who had six receptions for 94 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, also had a great, great day for him. And Joku has just kind of always flown under the radar as, as like one of the better tight ends in the league. I do think it's due to him constantly dealing with, with injuries. Um, but, man, I, I've always really liked Njoku, and he stayed pretty healthy this year for the most part. Um, he just hasn't had a quarterback throw the ball to him. <laughs> Which Except is... <laughs> when he literally lit his own face on fire. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Besides that, he's been pretty healthy. Right, right. But yeah, shout, uh-huh. shout out Joe Flacco and David Njoku. A great, What's, great day for them. What is funny, and again, I haven't, I didn't particularly get to the stats from, or the highlights from this game. But just looking at the numbers. Yeah. ESPN disagrees with you. Yes, ESPN yes. His gave, QBR is not great. Gave Joe Flacco, elite Joe Flacco, a 35.1, but gave Trevor Lawrence, despite having three interceptions, a 48.1. Yeah, I, I'm I'm very interested in their uh, I'm wondering how much, how much they're putting the blame on Lawrence's failures on Ridley and Zay Jones, because Calvin Ridley was only 4 of 13, and Zay Jones was 5 of 14. So they yeah. had a lot of targets go their way. I don't know if it's just them not being able to get open. Well, some or, of those uh, some of those could have been throwaways too. Because technically on on when a quarterback throws the ball away, yeah, it's a there's, target. There's yeah. still a target, yeah. If there's not a target, then it's intentional grounding. So I'm just yeah. wondering if that's what ESPN saw and then like 
David Njoku. I mean, Amari Cooper was also 7 of 14, so his catch rate wasn't great either, but I don't know. ESPN had got seven their, catches. ESPN's got their QBR formula locked away in Walt Disney's vault somewhere, so is what it is. <laughs> yeah, well, ESPN, I'm not trusting you cuz the other numbers gave Cleveland Browns the win. And so we're going with elite Joe yeah. Flacco. ESPN's who should be under reviewed this week. And- <laughs> Always. <laughs> What's crazy is Joe Flacco, unless something changed today, is still not even really technically a Cleveland Brown. He was put back on the practice. I don't understand that move at all. I don't know. So because- they, they have to do it unless they sign him to a deal. And I don't know if like Joe Flacco. Yeah, because it's like you can you activate somebody from the practice squad, you have them active for either a week or two weeks or a certain amount of days. And then um, if you don't sign them to deal, they go back to the practice squad until you activate them again. So I'm assuming that's what they're going to keep doing until uh, somebody desperate close in the playoff hunt who wants a quarterback. Maybe uh, we look at the standings here. The Steelers probably use them. Uh well, that I mean, that's and, a that's in the, that's in a, the NFC. The Vikings could take a crack at him if they don't trust yeah. Josh Dobbs anymore, or if Geno Smith stays hurt, they could get him in Seattle. Or the Jets, the Jets, and like, I mean, maybe not. What even Aaron Rodgers isn't coming back. <laughs> Rodgers should not be, and even though Zach Wilson did look good somehow on Sunday, um, we we all know that's not the real Zach Wilson. So, uh. That's that's who I would say should go get him, but they should have gone and gotten him, you know, six weeks ago. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe the Chargers could get him to try to save their season, but yeah, I don't know if that would matter with uh, now that Herbert's on IR. But it wouldn't matter, and I guess it wouldn't matter for the Jets either because the Jets are what five and eight, something like that. They're, yeah, they're the same record as the Chargers, five they're, and eight. They're basically out of it. Which it is crazy. Take, they're all they're only two games back. Yeah, but, but it would take a miracle. Yeah. So who's your uh who's your under review? Under review, I need to go. I'm doing a full team again. Mm. Because and this is kind of punishing them for this week and last week. Right. And it, it breaks my heart. But because <laughs> I love the Philadelphia Eagles. Even yeah. though we have our differences the last few years, right. Philadelphia Eagles have always been like still one of my like secondary teams that I like to watch. Yeah, and it's just crazy to watch them go from you know being in the Super Bowl last year, looking like the most dominant team in football, and then all of a sudden now they play two, I mean two two juggernauts back to back, and I know. It's, Saying the thing about the Cowboys the other week, but I think this game really sticks out how good that team is. And, you know, especially at home, apparently, in AT&T Stadium, they are unstoppable. Uh, But Jalen Hurts, only 18 of 27 for 197, so not even a 200-yard game. Uh, No offensive touchdowns at all for this team. And only completed passes... Or only attempted passes to four targets. AJ Brown mm-hmm. caught nine, Devontae Smith caught five, Goddard caught four, and Zacchaeus caught one. 
and that's it. Uh, three of their best players lost fumbles. Jalen Hurts lost the fumble. AJ Brown lost the fumble. Devontae Smith lost the fumble. Yeah. This team has just decided to start crumbling under pressure. I don't know if it's uh if it's problems that they've had that are just getting exposed now because they're playing two of the best teams in football. Uh I don't know if it's anything to do with the coaching. I don't know. I don't think Nick Sirianni is a bad coach. He's a little hot headed, but I don't think he's a bad coach. I just I don't know what's going on with this team, but if they are going to make the same run that they made last year with now pretty definitively being the third best team in the NFC, they they're going to have to play the Cowboys or the 49ers again. And they got to get their stuff together if they're going to have a chance to make it back to the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think I think more than anything it's just showing what I've how I've felt about them all year in the sense that this isn't the same dominant team that they were a year ago. Um, and I don't know, I don't know what that is. I, I know they lost a couple of guys on the defense. Um, I don't think they lost anybody on the offense. Uh, in fact, I think picking up DeAndre Swift was an upgrade. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is. It's just it, this isn't like when you watch this team, the record might say one thing, but watching the team, the eye test says a different thing. Like this is not the same team. Um, they've gotten wins when they probably shouldn't have gotten wins, uh, and so I think that's just more of what it is than anything necessarily being wrong. Um, and I don't know how to fix that. I mean, obviously something is different. Um, maybe it's just chemistry. Maybe it's just, um, uh, over believing in themselves after last year. Maybe I don't an overconfidence, um, which I don't know. It's, t I don't It's tough to know how much that like actually plays into a team. Like if you're, if you can get to a point of like believing in yourself too much, being arrogant, if that can really affect your play. I don't, I don't know. I would assume that it could, but I don't know. I think it could in the sense of if you get overconfident, you think you can do things that you can't do. And that could lead sure. to yeah, yeah. like um, if Jalen Hurts or AJ Brown, Devontae Smith are being a little reckless with the ball because they're trying to get more yards and that's how they fumble it. Or True. Jalen Hurts taking deep shots when he doesn't need to. Uh, or Nick Sirianni calling plays like taking a shot on third and two when they should probably just get the first down. Yeah. Uh, you know, stuff like that. So I think it definitely can uh, affect teams in that way. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's just, it's just, it's crazy. And Eagles fans, like as a Chiefs fan, I've already been going through this. It just took you a little longer to get there. So I understand <laughs> your pain. And just yeah. like the Chiefs, I hope that you guys can, can bounce back. And because uh, I don't think your upcoming schedule I mean, Seahawks, Giants twice in the Cardinals, so hopefully you get some bounce-back wins here, and uh, you might not get the one seed or win your division, but hopefully you'll get a easy wild-card game against the Falcons or <laughs> the, the Bucks or somebody. So, Yeah, I mean, that that's the thing. It's, the tough thing is, is whoever loses the NFC East division loses that home field advantage, but... <laughs> uh, you've pretty much got a first round bye. 
you're playing the NFC South team. So, you know, good yeah. luck to them on their beatdown. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do we have a legit or counterfeit this week? I I kind of had one, but it's one we're going to agree on pretty quick, I think. But it was kind of my way of tying in the big... Because every week there's a big controversy around the Chiefs game, it seems right. like. And that's exactly what Patrick Mahomes said in the press conference. And uh, he's probably going to get fined for it. And I don't know if I necessarily agree with that comment getting fined. I mean, So my legitimate counterfeit, I guess, is should constructive... Constructive criticism on referees should not be fined. Oh. I think... Now, for Patrick Mahomes after the game to go to Josh Allen, who just got a big win, the first big win he's had in a while, and say that's the worst effing call I've ever seen, that should get fined. Because <laughs> well, that's... that's If you're going to find I mean, anything as far as, like... As far as that, like... That's just in poor taste to me. So if, like, you're the find him for any comment like yeah that would be what i would do my, but to say to sorry go ahead no i mean i i was just gonna say that i don't think that i don't think either of what he said should should warrant a fine um at the end of the game when you're going up and, and talking to the other quarterback like you're going up and talking to a friend more times than not i mean most of these quarterbacks are friends with each other or at least friendly with each other and so it, what Patrick Mahomes should have said in that instance probably is, hey, great win, uh, whatever, and move on. Um, but being somewhat friendly with Josh Allen at this point, I mean, they play each other multiple times. Um, I think those two guys probably know each other fairly well. I think that he felt the freedom to say what he thought in that moment, which I yeah. think I think is fine. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, I do think it makes Patrick Mahomes look a little childish. I think the whole tantrum that he threw makes makes him look a little childish. Yeah. Um, because at the end of the day, like offsides is a rule, and if you expect it to get called on the defense, which I I get it, they missed a call, you know, a couple plays later. I get that. Um, if you're going to expect them to call it on the defense and you're going to want them to call it on the defense, you have to want them to call it on the offense at the same time. Um, you can't have one without the other. Offsides is a rule for a reason. And Kadarius Tony was blatantly offsides. Yeah. There's nobody There's nobody in the entire universe that can watch that play and say, oh, no, Tony was fine. No, no, the man was like a step past the line of scrimmage. I mean, it was it was blatant. It was bad. Um, so I my don't favorite know. before I get into my serious part of it. My favorite take was that going back and watching the play that got them to that spot. Yeah, it looked like they actually marked it like a yard short, and so they were saying that Kadarius Tony's feel for the game is so good. He went to where he saw the ball like actually get supposed out to be, of here, and everyone else was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> what sucks what sucks is that like it wasn't just it wasn't just like a, a big play to win the game it was like one of the greatest plays by Travis Kelsey to win yeah. to win that game that's what sucks is that it takes away like one of the best plays by this future Hall of Fame tight end that should be shown in highlight packages for the rest of his career gets taken away because of 
Kadarius Tony and his big foot. Um, but you know, it, it is what like it's part of the game. It is what it is. I don't. I, I just, I'm, I'm with you. I don't think that. I don't think that constructive criticism of the refs should ever get fined. The NFL, for whatever reason, has this weird thing of like, oh, you can't talk bad about the NFL. Like you gotta, you gotta respect the shield and you gotta look out for for the NFL. And and I don't, I don't, I don't think that that's the way it should be. I think that you should be able to call out bad officiating when you see it. Like if you play in a game with awful refs, you should be able to say, hey, like, you know, we we need to clean some of this up. Like these these are some missed calls on on both sides you know blah 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 i think going out and saying oh f these refs f these mother mother ever like obviously that should get fined um <laughs> that is a bad look not only for the player itself but also the nfl but calling out what you think is bad officiating i don't think is a bad look i think that players should have the ability to do that yeah i think coaches and should too i want to be perfectly clear also like i am like it was it was the right call, a hundred percent. Yes, playing going to D and D for a second. Uh, obviously, not like an official rule in the handbook, but D and D has a unwritten. Technically, actually, it is written because in the rule book it says the DM's final word goes. So in D and D, there's a thing called the rule of cool, where it's if you want something to happen that's really cool, the DM might find a way to let it happen. It doesn't exist in football. That's that's the unfortunate part here, and I see a lot of Chiefs fans trying to make this argument, but it's just not how it works, unfortunately. Yeah. As cool as that was, um, and we've been on the other side of that so many times. Like I, I sometimes I hate being lumped in with that, where it's uh, you know, Chiefs fans think this. It's like no, I don't. It's just. We want yeah. what's best for our team, so obviously we're going to root for what's best for our team. But it was the right call. Yeah, you can't you can't argue it's the right call. I think Mahomes is just frustrated because it is every game, whether it's on going for us or against us. It is every game. It seems like at this point, where it comes down to a referee decision instead of a play on the field. I mean, I think that I don't think it's necessarily just the Chiefs. I feel like it's. No, yeah, a lot of a lot think, of big games. Yeah. yeah, I mean, as this year especially, it has felt like most games are coming down to bad officiating, um, and so I I don't know what that is. I I think the NFL has a lot to clean up uh, in the off season when it comes to officiating. Come when it comes to the guys that enforce the rules, um, but I think thinking that it's just the Chiefs or thinking that it's Taking it personally, which I do think Patrick Mahomes kind of has done, um, I think is mm, very Brady 2.0 yeah. and very Patriots like. Uh, I don't, I don't like how he acted on the field after the game. Like saying what yeah. he said in the press conference is one thing, and I get why he's frustrated. I saw this today, a fun stat about Patrick Mahomes, even though it's not like his best season he's ever had. It is the highest completion percentage that he's ever had in a season. Right. And 21% of his incompletions are dropped passes. So I understand why, why Mahomes is upset. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think a lot of it was not necessarily directed at the officials, even though the officials are bad. I think it's just being frustrated in general. With yeah, where I the think team it was at. the wrong time and the wrong target for this particular. Yeah. 
for this particular flame up. That needs that needs to happen not on the press conference, not in public, in the locker room. Just just give it to them. Just yeah. say take the entire wide receiver room and invite Jawan Taylor in and say, you guys are costing us games. Fix it. <laughs> yeah. I mean what I, needs to happen. Again, I said it in the Discord. I, I don't know how Kadarius Tony is still on that team. Um, it's they, they don't have another like they don't have a main guy. They need him. I mean I feel like between what he has the talent, I said this in the Discord, the team has been lacking discipline. Yeah. And they just keep Fair. doing dumb things in big moments. Fair. Fair. Alright. Well, I say it's time to move on past week 14, put it in the rear view, turn our attention to week 15, and hey, man, how about we get picky with it? Getting picky with it. Getting picky with it. Getting picky with it. I don't know what you are at record wise. Um, um, well, I think the last time we picked, we went even because we only disagreed on two games and we went 1 1. So I should still only be like four games behind you, I think. I'm at 119 and 74. Yeah, okay. Then, yeah, that's right. Because I'm, I'm 123 and 70. So cool. that's right. Yeah. Two weeks ago was actually. Fairly good for both of us, I feel like. Uh, but last week would have been rough, or this past Sunday yeah, would have been rough. I think each of us only got two games wrong. Because I got Indianapolis over Tennessee, you got Casey over Green Bay, and then we both missed Arizona beating Pittsburgh. And I th- oh, and Jacksonville and Cincinnati. So we each picked three wrong. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I went 10 and 3. So pretty, yeah. pretty, pretty happy with that. Well, starting us off Thursday out in Las Vegas, man. (laughs) Old Herbie and Al Michaels cannot catch a break. We have what's left of the Los Angeles Chargers heading into Vegas to take on the Las Vegas Raiders. Both these teams stink. This, This game is, I don't know, hopefully it's fun at least, but it's probably not going to be. Uh... Vegas, three-point favorites. I guess that's fair because who knows what the Chargers are going to put out there. Um, I I don't know what to say about these teams. Uh, They're just there. (laughs) They're just there. They're just kind of doing something, but not really. Uh, Give me Vegas because I don't believe the Chargers have anything, especially now with Justin Herbert going down, um, and I'm just ready for Brandon Staley to get fired. Give me Las Vegas. Who you got, man? The Chargers rolling into Las Vegas with Easton Stick Ugh. at quarterback. That <laughs> guy just sounds like a bad quarterback. Like it just sounds like he's some D two quarterback somewhere out there that is no bueno. Um, 
Let's see. I don't know what division is North Dakota State in. That's oh yeah, that's <laughs> okay. Well, that's not technically D two, but it is the uh, FCS level of D one. Uh, the Mountain Valley uh, Football Conference. Yeah, North. So North Dakota for. State is where uh, they're actually like the best team in in the lower D one. But that's where Carson Wentz was quarterback. That's where Trey Lance was quarterback. Um, so he must be the successor to those two guys. Yep. Well, he was picked in the fifth round in 2019. So I think the year before Justin Herbert wow. got drafted to the Chargers and wow. just never got a shot. This is his time. <laughs> this is his time to prove he shouldn't have been sitting behind Justin Herbert this whole time. Um, but they're still going to lose. Give me the Raiders. I don't like it. But I mean, what do you, what do what do you do if you're the Chargers? What do you uh, do? I don't know. You just you just go to the owner and beg him to finally pull the plug on the Brandon Staley experiment, and I don't know, start the head coaching search early, and yeah, try and put together a team that does something down the stretch that would interest potential head coaching candidates. That's what you do. I, I yeah. again, I don't know how. I don't genuinely do not know how Brand Staley still has a job. I it baffles me. Oh man. Well let's move on to Saturday, because we got Saturday football. Uh starting us off at 1 p.m. over on the NFL network. They got the triple header on Saturday. We have the seven and six Minnesota Vikings clinging to the sixth seed in the NFC somehow one game ahead of a whole bunch of other teams uh heading into Cincinnati to take on Jake Browning and the Cincinnati Bengals hey Jake Browning might just Nick Foles the Cincinnati team he might just go on a run and go win himself a a uh go win himself a Lombardi and get himself a statue outside of the stadium like Nick Foles in Philly Cincinnati, three-and-a-half-point favorites. The Vikings are a mess. I mean, good Lord. When you beat the Raiders three-to-nothing in a game, just awful, awful. And now, uh, you know, Josh Dobbs had his moment in the sun for this for this franchise, and now this it's Nick Mullen's time to shine. Maybe he can do something. Who knows? Uh, but I've got the Bengals in this one. Jake Browning looks pretty dang good, and the Vikings look pretty, pretty rough right now. Who you got, man? My favorite thing to get to read for you, the drive summary of the Minnesota Vikings versus the Las Vegas Raiders. Punt, 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 punt. Missed field goal. Punt, 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 fumble. Punt, 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 field goal, interception, punt, fumble. It was so bad, man. <laughs> that that was the it game. was so bad. <laughs> like, how does that happen in the National Football League against two teams that like looked like have had de- decent offenses for the last few weeks? Just like. 
I mean, it didn't <laughs> it didn't help that Justin Jefferson went down pretty early in this game. With they hadn't uh, had him for weeks before this. Yeah, but you get you get him back. You expect him to do you know big things for you on offense, and he goes down with a I believe it was a chest or back or some some kind of injury from a a, a hit that he took in the air. Um, but hopefully it's not too bad. He I think he ex- expected to play um, this week, so we'll see. Who knows how much good yeah. it's going to do. I'm still going to go with the Bengals. Jake Browning yeah. is rolling. I don't know why. I don't know why this is happening. But it doesn't make sense. I'm not. I'm not going to bet against uh, Jake Browning and the Bengals right now until they show me otherwise. So give Again, me it, the Bengals. Listen, it, it's the same. This is what I'm saying. It's the same concept of when Nick Foles took over for the Eagles in 2017. It's like this doesn't. This doesn't make sense. But no, Nick Foles. He's fine. But like. He's not going to go out and just like win out the rest of the season. And Jake Browning is doing like he's he's coming and looks pretty dang solid. Uh, I, I don't know if he's going to actually do what Nick Foles did and, and just go on a run, but maybe. And here's the other: if he does, what happens next year? What happens next year? I'm not saying like move on from Joe Burrow, but like if this guy goes out there and goes on a run, and wins a Super Bowl for Cincinnati after Joe Burrow couldn't do it two years ago. I, I don't know. Like, you have to think about it. You have to at least, like, the thought has I to can. at least cross your mind. No, if they didn't keep Foles in Philadelphia, after, if they chose Carson Wentz over Foles, they're not going to choose Jake Browning yes, but over they, Joe Burrow. But they thought about it. But they thought about it. And Carson Wentz, like Carson Wentz, looked like a legit MVP before he went down with that injury. Like I don't think people remember that, but Carson Wentz was a stud that year. And I mean, I I get it. It's Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow looks like a top five quarterback in the league. But maybe, maybe you do, you do have to think about it. I don't think they will do it. I think they at least have to say they think about it because like. You can't just write off the guy that wins you a Super Bowl. I mean, you before that. before you start thinking about it, it has to actually happen. I don't think it will happen, yeah. but it'd, yeah. be, it'd be interesting if it did. I'm just thinking right now the photo from that year of the four starting quarterbacks in the championship where it was, uh, uh, who was it, Brady, Foles, Bortles, Case and... And the Keenum. Vikings, yeah. And it was like those four guys looking yeah. at the stadium or whatever. And I'm like, we could get that this year with like... Uh, Minshew, Flacco, uh, Mahomes, and I, I don't even know at this point. Trubisky? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Could you imagine? Oh, gosh. That's all, that's all AFC. But you know what I'm saying. You can I, don't, get, I don't want that, man. I don't, I don't want that in my playoffs. I want could get, good play. You could get <laughs> Browning, Mahomes, Dobbs, and Baker. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like oh. the names. It won't happen, but how funny would it be if it was Oh man, I, I don't I don't even want to think about that. But speaking of backup <laughs> quarterbacks, at the 430 game on Saturday we have the seven and six Pittsburgh Steelers heading into Indianapolis to take on the seven and six Indianapolis Colts. Uh somehow both these teams I think both of these teams occupy Wild card spots currently? Am I right about that? 
Uh, technically, yes. So they're both seven and six, uh, but they both have the tiebreakers over the rest. Pittsburgh Steelers are technically the sixth seed, and the Colts are technically the seventh seed. Although the Texans, Broncos, Bengals, and Bills are right. all also at seven and six. Look at this. Just, we we get a nice playoff preview between these these two teams. <laughs> everybody saw that coming at the start of this season. The Pittsburgh Steelers, Indianapolis Colts, playoff teams. Let's go, baby. Uh, on the, at home. At home. Indy, two and a half point favorites over this Steelers squad. Uh, gosh. I, so this is another, I, I don't know what to say about these teams, except I don't know how they're they're seven and six. I genuinely don't. I mean, the Steelers haven't had an offense all season, and the Colts. I'm baffled by them. I don't understand what is happening in Indianapolis, other than Shane Steichen is one hell of a coach, and you absolutely hit a home run with that apparently. Um, but give me Indianapolis. In Shane, we trust. Who you got, man? It's so the Colts lost last week, and I will personally take the blame because I was not here on this podcast to say that Minshew Mania is running wild. So let's oh, get it gosh. going again. Give me the Colts over the Steelers on Saturday at four thirty in Indianapolis. Listen, as. <laughs> The unfortunate soul that has Gardner Minshew as my quarterback in fantasy. On the team, on the team that I just made the playoffs with, mind you. <laughs> Minshew Mania is not running wild. Let's just let just want to throw that out there. It's not happening. <laughs> Which furthers my point that I don't know what is going on in Indianapolis. I don't know how they win the games that they win. I don't I don't get it. I don't understand it. I it just it is what it is. They're just there. And they're not going away. <laughs> I mean, Mitchie's been playing Mitchie's been playing fine. He's been playing okay. He has not yeah. been playing like Jake Browning level. Well, nobody plays Jake Browning level. <laughs> Nick Foles 2.0. Let's go. <laughs> Oh, let's move on to Saturday night where we, hey, hey man, we might have a Super Bowl preview on Saturday night. Oh, please don't. Between please. Russell Wilson's 7-6 and six Denver Broncos and the 9-4 and four Detroit Lions who are just stumbling. They've, uh, they've hit a wall and cannot get past it. Uh, Detroit somehow five-point favorites at home. I don't love that. I think this should be like a two, maybe three point spread. I think the Broncos are cooking up something. Uh, I. It's amazing the turnaround for that team after starting one and five to go on a six and one run and be sitting at seven and six, be just outside of a playoff spot, one game back of the Kansas City Chiefs in that division. Who, if Denver sneaks out that division over Pat Mahomes and company. I, I don't know what you will do. I genuinely fear for your life if that happens. Uh, I'm just coming to terms with, like, we'll we'll do it next year. Let's... 
I'm, or at the or at the very least, our season starts in January. That's that's where I'm at right now. We all know how much I love this Detroit Lions team. How I've been on this Lions squad for what feels like forever now. Please don't. Been behind Dan Campbell and the boys. Been loving some MCDC, getting those boys juiced up and fired up and ready to go. And I don't think they're going to be fired up on Saturday. I'm picking the Denver Broncos. I don't know what the hell has gotten into me. I don't know what's happening to this podcast. I'm going with Denver. Who you got, man? Remember, I did I did it a few weeks ago, and it worked out for me. You uh, did. Set against, yeah, it was against the Browns. Because it was like, how, people keep picking the Broncos. I don't know why. And it's like, because they keep winning games for some reason. <laughs> uh, you're probably correct. I hope I'm, I'm not. I genuinely like hope that I'm not. I want to see I, the Lions I, get I, their I, crap together. I'm going to stick with my heart here and just beg, please, please don't lose to the Broncos. Please don't do it. I'm picking the Lions. Just, <laughs> just beg into the football gods. Please, please, pigskin papa. Please don't let the Broncos get the win. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I hate football. Oh. Let's move over to the Sunday action. We have some pretty important games when it comes down to playoff seating and who's going to make it in and who doesn't. Uh, who doesn't? Uh, sure, we'll, we'll roll with it. I think there's a grammatical error somewhere in there, but who cares? Uh, not a grammar pod. The six and seven Tampa Bay Buccaneers are heading into Lambeau to take on the six and seven Green Bay Packers at home. This Packer squad three and a half point favorites, coming off the loss to the Giants. Uh, that win would would have been pretty big for the Packers. They could have um, been a game up over a bunch of teams in the NFC. They could have been just uh, two games back of Detroit in the division, uh, but they get the loss to the Giants, and now they have to bounce back and recover. And this Bucks team, this Bucks team is beatable for them, for sure. But I think this Bucks team has got some 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 life to them. I think they've got a little bit of moxie to them. Uh, all that said, I'm rolling with the Packers. But I won't be surprised if Baker and the boys sneak out a win. Who you got, man? Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, as fun as it would be to pick Tampa Bay to win this game, there's just you can't put faith in Tampa Bay on a week to week basis. Where I feel like even though they lost to the Giants this week, the Packers have been getting a little bit more and more consistent and have proven themselves against big dogs. Uh, so I'm going to go with Green Bay, but like you said, if Tampa Bay pulls off a win, you know, desperate, their only hope at the playoffs is keeping that, uh, keeping that number one spot in the NFC South, and uh, they definitely have to win because spoiler alert, it would be a miracle for Atlanta to lose this week. So, <laughs> what's crazy is if if the Bucks beat the Packers, I think that 
we'll be looking at, at least currently with three games left to play, potentially two teams from the NFC South being in playoff spots. I I don't know. Uh, I mean, there. I think maybe some other teams would have to lose as well. Um, but because there's so many teams tied at six and seven, and the Packers yeah, somehow the, have uh, the Rams and the Seahawks are right. ahead of the Falcons in tiebreakers. Okay. Um, and the Saints. So actually, if the Bucks, the Falcons, and the Saints <laughs> all win this right. week, and the Packers, the Rams, and the Seahawks all lose. Right. Uh, three NFC South teams are in. God help us all if that <laughs> happens come January. What? Where? Where have we gone wrong as football fans to to allow this travesty to take place? I mean, I, I again, pigskin Papa, please don't let that happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh let's move on we have the five and eight chicago bears heading into cleveland to take on the eight and five cleveland browns flacco looking like his former self out there slinging dimes cleveland at home three point favorites over this bear squad only three point favorites I don't know how I feel about that. I feel like this is a line that should be a little bit bigger. Um, I think Chicago is coming along. I, I do think the Chicago team has made um, improvements. I think the defense is looking better than it did to start the season. Um, I think getting Justin Fields back in there, the offense is looking a little bit better. Things are clicking there. Uh, I do still think the right move is probably to fire Eberflus after the season. Um I don't, I don't know if it will happen if the Bears keep winning, um, and I think that it would be a mistake to keep him around. However, I, if you start seeing the success from Justin Fields, I don't know if throwing him into a new system is the best move either. So I, I don't know. It's got to be tough for the GM and the owner there um, in Chicago to evaluate all that and to know exactly what to do i don't envy that position at all um all that being said give me give me the browns in this game i think the browns are just the better team um all around uh this is another one it wouldn't surprise me if chicago sneaks out a win here Uh, i think that it'd be really weird to see cleveland go from beating a team like jacksonville to losing to a team like chicago but i wouldn't be too surprised by it i i could see that happening um, but give me the Browns. Who you got, man? Not only would I not be surprised by it. Oh, I am man. Picking it to happen. This feels like a trap, especially with the. It does. It, especially with the injuries to um, the Browns' offensive line. They had, I think, two guys put on uh, injured reserve for their offensive line this week. With how the Bears' defense is coming together, with it's what seemingly a missing key piece of Montez sweat just coming in there and wreaking havoc. Um, yeah. And the offense starting to click the defense while everybody seems to be playing. They're still playing a little banged up. Just like how the Packers were, they beat two really good teams two weeks in a row. And then they're going to fall to a random team that they shouldn't lose to. 
and that's what this feels like to me. I'm taking the Bears to get the upset over them dogs in Cleveland. I, I like it. I thought about it. I contemplated it. Um, it's nice to know one of us has the balls to do it, uh, but I could not. <laughs> so That's what I'm here for. <laughs> you bring the this, balls? <laughs> yeah. I make the picks that you won't. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, let's head out to Nashville. We have a important AFC South divisional matchup between the banged up, injured, bruised, 7-6 and six Houston Texans limping their way into Nashville to take on the 5-8 and eight Tennessee Titans, who are feeling pretty dang good after taking down the Miami Dolphins on Monday night. Tennessee at home, two-and-a-half-point favorites. Oh, man, this is a tough one for me. I, I know who I'm going with. The decision actually wasn't that difficult, but I hate making it because I really want to see this Texans team continue to, to be successful and to continue uh, on the trajectory that they were on. But, man, are they banged up. They lost five starters in this game to injury, one of which was C.J. Stroud, who entered the concussion protocol. Um, yeah. Hopefully, again, picks can pop up. Bless us with a healthy C.J. Stroud, please, because that man is electric, looks like a fantastic uh, quarterback down there in Houston, and... Unfortunately, with Tank Dell being out and losing Nico Collins just a couple of a uh, couple of plays into this game on Sunday, that offense just had nothing. Um, so between Dalton Schultz being out, Tank Dell being on, on IR, Nico Collins going down, the offense is in shambles. Even if CJ Stroud is out there, I don't know who he's throwing the ball to. Um, all that being said, I feel like I, I feel like I have to go Tennessee, even though I don't want to. Um, but give me the Titans. Who you got, man? It's weird to think that Nico Collins and Tank Dell have been so good that we just forgot that Robert Woods was on this team. Yeah, well, <laughs> I feel like part of it is that Robert Woods hasn't done anything to really remind us that he's on the team. Yeah, I mean, I, like he hasn't been. He hasn't been bad, but he hasn't been the Robert Woods that we saw yeah. pre-injury a couple of years ago. Yeah, um, there's no status on whether or not CJ Stroud will start yet. I mean, obviously, concussion protocol, we won't really know until day of. Yeah. Um, which is a shame, because I do like rooting for this team. But when not only is CJ Stroud questionable, but also um, they're going to have to go and get a backup kicker this week, which we know how that goes, because kind of be fair, Baron is out. On injured reserve, uh, CJ Stroud, like we just mentioned, Nico Collins also did not come back against the Jets. Uh, Will Anderson, their rookie stud defensive end, also uh, yep. went out. Like all of their best players, their five best players, basically, yeah, got removed from this game. So yeah. it's unfortunate, but I'm with you. I'm going to take take Tennessee, even if listen. Sunday, even after all the injuries, if I was like, at least if half of those guys come back, I may still pick Houston. But after what Tennessee did to Miami, yeah, I, I you got to give Tennessee that that benefit of the doubt there. Yeah, and and I do. I mean, I think what this Texans team has shown this year, more than anything, I think what they've shown is that 
what I was saying about them in the preseason is probably pretty accurate. This is a team that is on the right path, that is, is even as early as this year, a sneaky contender. Um, but I think that even more so next year, those expectations for them will be there. Um, and, and hopefully they live up to them. But I think this team has got a lot of good things in the, in the works. Um, it's just a matter of getting healthy, getting back to it. And I think that next year is going to be the year, unfortunately, um, even for as well as they've played this year. I think that it's hard to say they're they're completely yeah. out of it, but with all the injuries and with them sitting at 7-6 and six and so many other teams sitting there as well, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't, think, I don't think they make it in you know, five weeks from now or whatever, um, unfortunately. But I think they're on the right path. I think next year is going to be a lot of fun for Houston. Yeah, which is what I did say at the start of the season was that Houston's year was going to be next year. I just hate how it happened. Like, I loved being wrong and watching the Texans see what they were doing with C.J. Stroud. And now I hate that it comes back to me being technically right, even though technically right is the best kind of right. Oh, well, speaking of that Dolphins team, the Titans just beat. Let's head down to Miami where we have the New York Jets, the five and eight New York Jets that still are technically not out of it. Uh, They could make a run. I don't think they will. And please, Aaron Rodgers, stay home, man. Get healthy. Don't come back too early. Uh, Five and eight New York Jets flying down to Miami to take on the nine and four Miami Dolphins, this Miami squad, how you got to be feeling after that game on Monday? They were winning by two touchdowns. They were up by two touchdowns with four minutes to go in that game. Four minutes. Or you're four minutes away from being the number one seed. And now, after what Buffalo did to Kansas City, Buffalo sits two games back. They could very easily lose the division. To Buffalo, they could very easily go from being a potential number one seed to a wild card, uh, and that's that's a drastic turn of events in four minutes for this Miami Dolphins squad. Uh, eight and a half point favorites at home over the divisional opponents in the Jets. I think that's pretty fair. I think that Miami is the better team. I think they should get a pretty easy win, uh, but they've also been dealing with some injuries. Tyreek Hill went out for a little bit on that game, in that game on Monday night. We'll see what happens um, with him coming back. But give me the Dolphins. They're the better team. Who you got, man? The big thing I'm looking at with Miami is not the possibility of whether or not Tyreek Hill will be out. He's still questionable. They said he's day-to-day. Yeah. That receiving that receiving core and that offense, like as far as skill players, even without Tyreek, I'm not necessarily worried about. Yeah. Still have Jalen Waddle, you still have most certain H hand. Uh like you'll you'll figure something out. Uh Cedric Wilson and apparently Chase Claypool, who I forgot was on that team. Um oh, I also forgot that. Is, oh. is there. <laughs> um the main thing I am looking at is similar to my Browns pick. Yeah, where offensive line Connor Connor Williams, their center out for the season towards ACL gone. Uh, right guard Robert Hunt doubtful. Uh, 
with his injury specifically being hamstring considered week to week, but doubtful most of the time, if they're doubtful, they're not going to play. Yeah. And offensive tackle, I believe on the left side, Taron Armstead also questionable does not say what his injury is. If there's one thing the jets have, that's good. It's their defense. And if you can get through that line and get to Tua before those plays from Tyreek Hill or Jalen Waddle can develop, you have a really good chance to win this game defensively. And then you just need like one or two really good plays from the offense. I think this is another upset. I don't know what I'm feeling this week. I feel like I'm picking a lot of upsets. I'm taking the Jets. You got the spice rolling today, man. This is this is the game that brings Aaron Rodgers back, okay? This, there's, this is going to tell them they have a shot at the playoffs. Aaron Rodgers is going to come back and probably tear his other Achilles. You're like but a, it'll be... <laughs> you're like a dang lazy Susan over there just spinning the spices around. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Well, if you want to get real spicy, how about you pick an upset in this next one? We have. Uh, <laughs> I we, think I know where you're going. We have the eight and five Kansas City Chiefs coming off of two tough losses back to back. Just tough pills to swallow with the way those two games ended. Heading into Foxborough to take on the three and ten New England Patriots. Uh, on the road, Kansas City, nine and a half point favorites. Listen, I get it. You're coming off two bad, two bad ones back to back, two tough ones, two stinging ones, two games that probably shouldn't have ended the way they, that they did. If you lose this one, it's time to reevaluate some major things. <laughs> I don't know what those major things are. But you've got some big questions to ask yourself if you lose to this Patriot squad. I'm picking the Chiefs. I don't think there's a chance in hell that this New England Patriot squad wins this game. Who you got, man? Yeah. New England Patriots are also eliminated from the playoffs. So yes. it's not like they're even playing for anything. At this point, nothing would surprise me. I'm still going to pick the Chiefs. I think for us to have hope for the season, this needs to be, we need to slaughter them. We need to double that nine point, uh, nine and a half point favorite for for me to be comfortable with our season going the rest of the way. Uh, you need a good, yeah. you need a good bounce back offensive game. That's what you need. A game yeah. where Patrick Mahomes is slinging the ball around, looking like the Mahomes of old, getting it to those receivers. The receivers actually catching the ball. Uh, you need like like a classic Travis Kelsey one forty two touchdown type game. Uh, you need to get like we need to see that offense again. That's what that's what needs to happen. Yeah, even if it's not like as good, I just want to see. I want to see mistake free. I want to see yes. no no penalties on Jawan Taylor. I want to see no drops. Like like that's what I want to see. If it's like. If they're playing good football and covering our guys, then like that is what that is what it is. You know, they're just a better team. Yeah. But it's when twenty one percent of the incompletions are dropped passes, like that's insane. Yeah. That can't happen. Yeah. And also we should just release Jawan Taylor, but they won't listen to me. So <laughs> Oh man. Well, up next we have 
Tommy Cutlets and the G-Men coming off of that big win on Monday night over Green Bay, sitting at 5-8, and eight, heading into Narlins to take on the New Orleans Saints, sitting at 6-7. and seven. Both of these teams still very much in the playoff hunt. Uh, Giants have a tad bit more work that they have to do, uh, and they don't have the benefit of a bum division uh, they could possibly win, as the New Orleans Saints do. At home, the Saints squad six-point favorites. I think that is a garbage line um, after the way the Giants have played the last three weeks. Winning three in a row, the Saints look not great. Between the Bucks, Falcons, and the Saints, I think the Saints squad is probably the worst of the three, uh, which isn't saying much, but I don't think they're that good. I'm rolling with the Giants in this one. Give me the G-Men with the upset. Who you got, man? And I thought this was one we were going to disagree on. Um, how can you bet against Tony Cutlets? How, how can you bet against the man bringing this to the NFL? <laughs> Who's I don't know if you saw the videos of his agent on the sideline. The his most agent. Italian looking man I've ever seen in my life. There's no, there is no way. There's no way. As an actual agent of an NFL player. I just, I have to, like, that guy is a caricature. Like, he is not a real person. You look, you look at everything going on, like, the Tommy DeVito story is just, is just great. What he's doing with this team, what, like, he, you know, playing in a stadium that he grew up just on the other side of a river from, uh, his family own a plumbing business who has a photo of two of their plumbers dressed as Mario and Luigi. Oh it's not God. a joke. Of that course is, they that do. Is, of course <laughs> they do. The most, like, this is this is the energy the Giants needed. The Giants coming back to their roots, showing their Jersey side, even though they're the New York Giants. They're the New Jersey Giants. The oh. New Jersey football Giants, who we all know it. Give them the win. Give them the victory over the Saints. Nice. Yeesh. I tell I tell you what though, like if they were to go out and really, like really beat the Saints, I'm talking about. Uh, I say really beat them, but if they were to win this game by ten to fourteen like points, like yeah. yeah, then I think I would start having some like actual real faith in this giant squad. That I do think it might be a little too late for them. Um but they're only a game back from a wild card spot, and they have a tiebreaker over Green Bay now. So I, I don't, yeah, I don't think it's crazy. I don't think it's crazy. Their defense has uh, sneakily kind of stepped up these last three games. For sure, I know yeah. one was against the Patriots, but the other two against the Packers and the Commanders. Giving up basically an average of twenty points to those two teams is is pretty good. Listen, what the one of the big reasons why that offense couldn't get anything going, why Green Bay's offense couldn't get anything going, is because of being under constant pressure, constant pressure. Kayvon Thibodeau was back there in the backfield on almost every single snap, and and the other thing is they weren't getting pressure from bringing the blitz every single down. They were getting pressure with with a four man front. A four-man front was getting back there to, to Jordan Love on almost every snap. It was ridiculous. Uh, that defense is playing very, very well. Very well. Let's, Agreed. Let's 
head on out to Charlotte where we have a NFC South divisional matchup between the 6 and 7 Atlanta Falcons and the low life of the NFC South, the 1 and 12 Carolina Panthers. Uh Carolina is one of the like three teams that I think has been eliminated from the playoffs. Maybe there's only two. Um but they are one of them. They have no chance at doing anything. Uh basically just uh trying to show something of value to potential head coaching candidates. On the road, Atlanta, three-point favorites. I think you could bump that number up some um, because this Panther squad is stinky poo-poo and the Falcons should pretty easily beat them, I would think. I'm rolling with ATL. Who you got, man? Uh, Yeah, so only two teams eliminated so far, one from each conference, the Panthers from the NFC and the Patriots from the AFC. Everyone else... Besides those two teams, the only teams that are more than a game back, the Commanders and the Cardinals, both in the NFC, 4-9, and 3-10, and respectively. Basically eliminated. The AFC, everybody's pretty much in it, except uh, the Patriots. The Chargers, Raiders, Jets, and Titans are all only two games back of the, of the six-seed record. So it's, it's anyone's ball game happening over here. Uh, that being said, Atlanta has the luxury of basically getting a free win this week. I mean, you know what happens during divisional games, but I, I I would be shocked if the Panthers pull out a win here, even though Arthur Smith is not a great coach and will probably do something dumb at some point in the game. Uh, <laughs> give me the Falcons in this one. Yep. Yep, I'm with you. Well, speaking of those uh, Washington Commanders, they're sitting at 4-9, and nine, basically eliminated, but they're heading out to the Rams to take on the 6-7 and seven Los Angeles squad um, at home. This Rams team, 6.5-point favorites. Uh, I think that's fair. This Commander squad, uh, kind of, I say kind of, and I use that term loosely, kind of, similarly to the Houston Texans. I think the commanders have shown a lot of good this year. Um, I think that especially offensively with what Sam Howell has done, I think that Sam Howell has shown enough to say, Hey, this, this might be the guy for us. Um, I think that the offense has got a lot of good things clicking. The defense is a mess. They, they've got to overhaul that um, in the off season, especially after trading away Chase Young and Montez Sweat. Um, but I think that there's a lot of good happening there for Eric Bieniemy when he takes over the head coaching job. Hopefully, fingers crossed, Pigskin Papa make it happen. Uh, You're asking too much of the Pigskin Papa. He can only grant three wishes. <laughs> okay. Uh, hopefully. Stop hogging them all. Stop hogging them all. Hopefully, when Bieniemy takes over, uh, he has a, a pretty solid team to work with. Uh, and we'll see what happens moving forward into next year and, and down the road. Um, but I think they've got something something decent a-brewing in Washington uh, for what feels like the first time in probably a decade, probably since the RG3 Kirk Cousins years there. Um, but they're not going to win on Sunday against this Rams squad. The Rams are feisty, and they got a little fight to them. They're very much in the playoff hunt, uh, and... I think the Rams take care of business against Washington at home on Sunday. 
Who you got, man? What's that? Is that an upset I smell? Is that another upset I smell? Give me the commies. They're on this weird losing streak. And you know what happens with Washington and streaks. They just get broken. They're going to snap that four-game losing streak this week against the Los Angeles Rams. I don't know what it is. That's just my gut saying it's time for the commies to throw a wrench in the playoff hunt in the NFC because that's what they're here for. They're, They're here to ruin everyone else's time. I mean, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. The commies want everyone to have the same record in the NFL. <laughs> so oh, that's what they're going to do. <laughs> that lazy Susan is a spinning over there. Uh, <laughs> We've only picked different on four games, I think. That's the fourth one. I feel like there's been a handful. There's Denver and Detroit, which is like, you can't blame me for picking Detroit. Yeah, true, true. Cleveland, Chicago. You said you thought about Chicago. True. I did. I think I think probably the spiciest one is the Jets over Miami, but right. that that is a pretty spicy one. Very spice but heavy. I think my reasoning is sound. Okay. For that. All right. Well, Do you not? I mean, I I don't entirely disagree with you. Let's see if you pick the upset in this next one. We have <laughs> the the biggest line of the weekend. The 10 and 3 San Francisco 49ers, the cream of the crop in the NFC and maybe even the entire NFL, heading out to Arizona to take on the 3 and 10 garbage Arizona Cardinals. Uh San Francisco on the road. On the road. 13 and a half point favorites. That is a ridiculous line. Uh, and I 100% warranted. I think you could make that line 20 point favorites. I think the 49ers cover it because they're just that dang good. Brock Purdy is a legit MVP candidate. I don't care what people say. This to me is a two man. Actually, I'll throw Tyree Kill in there. This is a three man race for MVP between. Tyreek Hill, Brock Purdy, and Dak Prescott. And I would probably put them 3-2-1 in that order. So Dak, Brock, Tyreek. I'm I'm just getting wonky over here today. Um, But yeah, Dak, Brock, Tyreek in that order. That would be my MVP voting as it sits right now. Uh, Brock Purdy has been fantastic for them. And I don't understand all these people that say that all he does is just throw to the line of scrimmage, throw five yards down the field to Christian McCaffrey, and he takes off for, for 25 yards. That's not what's happening. Brock Purdy is tossing dimes down the field to Brandon Ayuk, to Debo Samuel, to George Kittle. Like, I get they have weapons there, but Brock Purdy is a legit quarterback and a legit MVP candidate. So give me the Niners. Uh, that was a lot to say about this team going up against a garbage team in the Cardinals. But uh, I expect another big, big, big day. From Purdy and the boys. Who you got, man? Um, I don't smell an upset on this one. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> uh, Surprise. What's, what's the opposite of an upset? A beatdown. A blowout, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, give me the 49ers. The Cardinals at this point, I mean, they're not technically eliminated, but they, they might as well, might as well they have, be. They have the second worst record in the league. 
currently have the third overall pick, and they should just try to keep that if they can because they're going to need somebody big on defense or they're going to need Marvin Harrison Jr. or somebody on the O-line. They're going to need that pick. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, give me the San Francisco 49ers. Cardinals' playoff chances are currently being held together by duct tape and a prayer. So, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Let's head up north to Buffalo in what has to be probably the biggest game of the afternoon slate. We have the 10-3 Dallas Cowboys just steamrolling people right now. Um, coming off a big win over Philly on Sunday, heading into Buffalo to take on the seven and six Buffalo Bills, who should be sending a thank you card to Kadarius Tony for that win on Sunday over the Chiefs. Uh, the Bills still very much in the hunt for for the playoff spot. I we wrote this team off three or four weeks ago, um, and and now they're here. They are. They're right back in in the mix. Uh, Buffalo. Somehow, this is there's some some weird lines this week. This is the most disrespectful line of them all. Somehow, the Buffalo Bills sitting at seven and six, sneaking out a win over the Chiefs because of Kadarius Tony's right foot, are two and a half point favorites over the Dallas Cowboys at home. Are you kidding me? How is this? How is this? And how are the Dallas Cowboys an underdog right now to anybody? I get it. The Buffalo Bills are solid, and I get it that it's in Buffalo and not in a dome. But what the hell? Can someone explain this to me? The Dallas Cowboys should be favorited against any team in the NFL except for the San Francisco 49ers. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I think there is some mad disrespect being thrown Dallas's way. Give me the Cowboys. Who you got, man? You know, you know why the Bills are favored? Because it's fun to hate the Cowboys. It is, it is. Don't deny it. I mean, don't you deny it. Nope. Stop it. It is fun to hate the Cowboys. It's always been fun to hate the Cowboys as long as I've been alive. It is. So even even when they're good, we're still going to hate them. That being said, it is a very disrespectful line. I do think the Cowboys are. I do think the Cowboys are going to win. Would I be surprised if they do something dumb and lose? No, because they're the Cowboys and they're fun to hate. And I hope it happens, but I don't think it will. I think the Cowboys. Uh, I don't get the Bills. The Bills having at home advantage. God forbid it snows in Buffalo because all of a sudden the Bills can't play. So, I give me I the mean, Cowboys. I'll say this about Buffalo. I think Buffalo is trending back upwards. I think that they have a good chance of making the playoffs, mainly because I don't think it should be the Steelers and the Colts in the sixth and seventh seed spots. Um, I think that it, it should be it should be Buffalo and honestly, maybe even Cincinnati with what they've done um with Jake Browning. We'll see what happens, but I think the Buffalo will get one of those two spots. However, this is the game to show me why you deserve one of those spots. Go out there, 
win a game against a very good Dallas squad. Very, very good Dallas squad. And get it done. And and show the sports world that you're that you're back and that you're not going anywhere and that you're still one of the best teams in in the AFC. Show that. Go get it done. That's all I gotta say. Let's head to Sunday night football down in Duval. We have the ten and three Baltimore Ravens heading into Jacksonville to take on the eight and five kind of struggling Jacksonville Jaguars on the road. Baltimore three and a half point favorites. Probably fair. Um, this Baltimore team. Has had its ups and downs. They've played down to some opponents. Um, they've definitely lost some games that they probably should have won. This Jacksonville squad is struggling. Trevor Lawrence uh, has not looked... I, I feel like Trevor Lawrence hasn't quite taken the step that we expected him to take this year um, and elevated himself into that top-tier, elite-level quarterback um, that we all expected when he entered the league. Uh, I like Jacksonville. I think they're a very good team. I don't think they're good enough to hang with the Baltimore Ravens. Give me Lamar and the bunch. Who you got, man? Yeah, the Ravens could find a way to screw it up, but right now, as I see it right now, the Ravens are either the third or fourth best team in the league. Yeah. Um, I think it'll, I mean, again, something crazy could happen. The Ravens are notorious for, you know, just like the Chargers. They might charger the game up. Yep. Uh, But as it stands with how the teams have been playing, I'm going to pick the Ravens. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Well, that leaves us with Monday Night Football. We have the 10-3 and Philadelphia Eagles coming off of that loss to the Cowboys. Heading out to Seattle to take on the 6-7 and seven Seattle Seahawks. Seattle also in the mix, fighting for a playoff spot. Uh, on the road, Philly, four-point favorites. Pretty fair. Um, I think that should probably be a little bit higher in Philly's favor. Seattle... <sighs> Seattle's Se- weird. Seattle is another weird team that's like, what... What's happening there? Like, there's times where they look great, and there's times where they just look a mess. Uh, I think the question mark of Geno Smith being healthy, will he play, won't he play, who knows? Um, it was Drew Locke, I think, on, I think it was Drew Locke this past week. Um, I think Geno played a little bit. I could be wrong, though. Uh, I thought it was mostly Drew Locke against the Niners. Uh, could be mistaken, but either way, I, there is something going on. With Gino. I know it was all Drew Locke. I apologize. I was yeah. incorrect. I think Gino. I think Gino in pregame, um, pregame warmups had some kind of injury happen to him. Um, so yeah, that's he's still listed to watch. as yeah, he's still listed as questionable, but it if, doesn't say what his injury is. So if he doesn't play. I think that this is a. Pretty easy win for the Eagles. Even if Geno does play, I think the Eagles should still win. Um, I just think the Seahawks have a better chance with Geno. But give me Philly uh, in what should be a 
fairly easy game for them, I think. But Billy, again, hasn't looked as dominant this year, so we'll see. Who you got, man? Um, yeah, I'm with you. This should be, again, the parallels, as the Chiefs will hopefully have this week. Hopefully this will be a bounce-back game for the Philadelphia Eagles. It is away on the other side of the country, so you know how that might affect things. Mm-hmm. And with with Geno, the Seahawks did kind of keep up with the Cowboys a couple weeks ago. So Very good point, both, yeah. Both of these teams seem to just be capable of playing at any level, whether it's good or bad. Um, but I think the Eagles just have more talent on both sides of the ball, so I'm going to pick the Eagles. Yep, 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 yep. Well, I think we've got a handful of uh, pretty decent games this week. Uh, some yeah. some pretty important ones, um, but should be some good matchups. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to it for sure. Uh, but hey, as always, we appreciate you guys tuning in and listening to us in every capacity you are doing so. We're back on YouTube, so if you're watching us on YouTube, hey, thanks for hanging out. Make sure you click that follow and subscribe button. Uh, make sure you're notified every single time we go live, usually on Tuesdays, sometimes on Wednesdays. We just kind of make it up uh, as we see fit. Um, but we appreciate you guys tuning in listening. We love you. Thank you for the support. Hop into the Discord if you're not in there yet. The link is in the description of the episode. Follow our socials if you would like. Uh, but as always, I believe that's that. Good ciao.